you know, having that, that moment, you know, where, where I know that, that he's touching me, um, that, you know, that he's leaning into me, that he's sharing with me that, you know, that I matter. And again, I think that's what every man wants. We want to know we matter. Um, and for me, I didn't know that until then. And now I clearly know it. I know it, you know, as much as I know that I have five fingers on each hand, you know, that I matter to God, um, you know, and that we have a personal, intimate relationship. And that's what, I, again, that's what I've wanted all my life. That's what I've hungered for all my life. And today I have it. Revelation 12:11 says, They have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. You know, you need to share your story. The word of your testimony has incredible power. I believe that God is trying to actually reach out to the world through our lives and the testimonies that we have of what God has done. Nobody can deny the power of God as it's evident in someone's life. You know, welcome to the Kindling Fire podcast. Today, with permission of Zoe Ministries, who are friends of mine, I get to share with you interviews that I conducted about two years ago at a Heart of a Warrior conference, which is something Zoe puts on in Colorado once a year and in Virginia once a year. And these are testimonies of things that God has done to rebuild, restore, heal, and strengthen men uh, supernaturally. You're going to love these testimonies. Uh, just a, a plug for, for Zoe. Uh, they also run a, an amazing women's conference and a couples uh, conference and retreat. Uh, just really, uh, I'm just uh, so honored to be, uh, be friends with them. And, and the power of these stories are, are just incredible. So I can't wait to share it with you. So let's go ahead and get rolling. Two years ago now, so not that long ago, you know, God delivered the biggest package for me out of all of the years, you know. I felt I, I received the most freedom, you know, five years after I started coming. So um, we were in prayer time. Uh, one of the sessions that uh, one of the speakers, Tom, talked about was, uh, had to do with prayer and soaking prayer. And he ended that time with an opportunity to do that. So we just put some, some, uh, some, music on that kind of led us there and everybody kind of spread out all over the room and um, it was just a, a time where I was just feeling relaxed and I'm, I, I, it was funny too because I was like, yeah, okay, God, I'm, I'm here, but you know, you, me, we're good, you know, I got, I'm, I'm, I got nothing to process really, I'm just thankful, so I'm just thanking him and doing this. and. Um, so it was probably, I don't know, 10 minutes into that, and it was very, you know, enjoyable and relaxing and all that great, just being in God's presence. And uh, I started hearing a name. I started hearing the name Abigail. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. Why would that pop into my head? I have a niece named Abigail, you know, my sister's daughter. Um, but uh, it wouldn't stop. It wouldn't stop. And uh, I just kept hearing this name over and over again, Abigail, Abigail, Abigail. <clears throat> so um, earlier in that weekend, I had run into one of, the, one of the guys, Blake, and he and I had seen each other over the years but never really had time to just kind of sit down and hear each other's stories or spend any time together. And we, we saw each other on the first day, and we said, man, we need to do that. So he was sitting at the back of the room during that prayer time, and I was on my chair and sitting pretty much like I am right now. And uh, I just kind of, I turned to the side and kind of put my hands 
uh, or my elbows on my knees and my head in my hands, and I just looked to the left, and I saw Blake sitting there. And I said, man, I gotta, I gotta go talk to him when we're done with this prayer time, and I'm really not sure why. Um, so the, the prayer time continued, and again, you know, I hear this name, I hear this name, nothing else, you know, and I was just confused. <clears throat> so I said, okay, I'll be obedient. I'll hit up Blake. You know, he said he wanted to talk to me anyway, and uh, I'm sure he'll be cool with it. And we actually came into this room right, right there on that couch, and um, I was sitting in a chair, and he was sitting on the couch, and I just started talking to him a, a little bit about my story and um, kind of skipped over all the, the mess, you know, um, what I call my testimony gathering time, you know, in my life where I was alcoholic, prescription drug abuser, PTSD as a result of the fire service and all that kind of thing. And I just made a huge mess in my life and um, was heavily involved with a woman in an affair uh, during that time. And um, in 2004, um, in the middle of being involved in that affair, um, we found out she was pregnant. But we didn't find out she was pregnant until she was almost three months along. And so she already had two kids, and I was living for me at that time. And so she said she wanted to have an abortion. And I said, okay, let's do that. I'll pay for it. And so um, the next week we went, and I took her to the clinic. And um, I remember, you know, going inside and, and paying the lady. I don't remember how much it was. But, and then I went back out to my truck and started drinking. Uh, I just had, uh, I think, a bottle of whiskey in, an, in what they call a street cooler, a paper bag. And I just drank it as quick as I could so I wouldn't have to think about the procedure that was going on inside. And um, so we went through that, and then I went on, you know, living that way until September 2005. Jesus got a hold of my heart when I was at the bottom of my own personal pit. And my wife and I reconciled, and, and we had divorced, and then we remarried and all that. But... So I'm sitting here telling kind of that story to Blake, and um, it hits me that that name that was coming to mind was the name of my daughter, who had died in 2004 at my own hand. And um, so I just shared that with Blake, and I just wept with him, and I sobbed like a, a kid does, you know, those just those racking breaths, you know? And um, I, I asked Blake, I just looked at Blake and I said, you know, how, does, how can God forgive you for killing your own child? And uh, so we talked through that and, um, and we worked through it and uh, he helped me to realize that the reason I was hearing that name was uh, God wanted me to be free from that burden um, and I had been carrying it. Um, for almost 10 years, um, and not even knowing it. That's the, that was the scary part. Um, I thought I was free. Yeah. I really did. I thought I, was, um, I thought I was a man who was living in freedom. And there in the, uh, the fifth year that I had gone to this weekend, um, and I had been bringing guys and leading men and... and um, God just revealed to me that I had been living inside of a prison cell 
that I had painted the interior walls to look like freedom. And um, so, you know, Blake and I talked, and he comforted me. It was just, it was unbelievable the way he helped me. Um, and uh, so we walked and we talked some, and I, I shared that. I mean, the Holy Spirit just shared that image with me of, of you know, I, I think I'm looking at freedom. And it was up on that hill in front of the dining hall, and I looked down over the valley, and I said, this is what freedom looked like. I thought this is what freedom was like. And then the door appeared. The door to the cell I had been living in appeared, and it swung open. And, uh, and I was free from that burden. And, um, and I know my daughter's name. And um, I know I get to be with her again. So, so uh, when I'm inviting guys, <laughs> when I'm inviting guys to go, uh, I tell them, don't just go once and then come back again or do something else five years later or 10 years later. You know, if you're going to be engaged in the battle, you've got to get behind the lines once in a while, right? And, and, and not only get behind the lines once in a while, but get, get higher level training, right? Ephesians chapter 6, put on the full armor of God. But if you don't know how to put it on, and you don't know how to wear it, and you don't know how to wield the sword of the Spirit, you are going to fight bravely and die quickly. Uh, 2010, um, had an affair. I'm the guy that slept with his best friend's wife. Um, our marriage, uh, Tracy and my marriage, was on the rocks uh, for a long time before that. And um, I didn't, I didn't know any better. I, I knew I wanted out, and I knew that there was um, issues that, um, you know, I'm not going to overcome, and she's not going to overcome, and I didn't want that life. Um, and uh, so we ended up, you know, I had an affair, and uh, she found out about it on Thanksgiving Day. The affair had ended long before that, but um, it was. It was the culmination of wreckage. The, um, the, it was the culmination of wreckage that put the train on the rails to the greatest glory. We, uh, for the first time, I couldn't deny something. I couldn't blame it on anything else. Um, I had to face the music, as they say, and. Uh, I say this with a little bit of a smile on my face because I know where this is going. Um, and it was, it was the worst, best thing that could have ever possibly happened. Um, we both had a teetering relationship with religion, not with Christ. Um, but she did an amazing thing, and she didn't leave. In... Uh, at the tail end of, of 2010, coming into 2011, I had been invited to this weekend three times, and I hadn't gone. Had I gone, that would have never happened. It's so hard to put into words, but the uh, sitting through the first session, I was hearing things that you'll never hear. Um, like Scott was saying, yeah, why did anybody tell me this? You know, uh, why didn't I know this? 
you know, I was, I was introduced to a God or a potential God that I never knew existed. Um, I remember the, uh, the questions, one of the questions that we were, we were sent out uh, to spend some time with God alone with was, God, how do you see me? And I'm sitting on a rock by that creek out there with a notebook and a pen in my hand, staring at the question, shaking like a leaf. Because I know, I know what I'm going to hear. I know I'm going to hear, oh, you know, you, you've got some work to do. You've really fallen short, you know. And, <laughs> so I mustered up the courage to ask the question. And I heard, I am proud of you, son. Proud of me after that. I mean, really? That's doubly important to me because my father, um, he told me he loved me, but he's never one time ever told me he was proud of me. And that was, you know, what I'd later figure out as a wound, you know. Um, but God touched that that day on that rock. And I wrote it down, um, tears streaming down, obviously. <laughs> I can't even keep it together sitting here now, <laughs> five years later. But, uh, um, you know, tears streaming down, I wrote it down. And, you know, of course, my first thought is that can't be true. And I hear it certainly is, you know. So I'm, he, he, and then I'm, I'm sitting there, I hear it certainly is. And then I hear, well, write it down. So I write it down. You know? <laughs> and, and. I'll be honest, I, mean, I sat there, and with that, I closed my eyes just to absorb the fact that, wow, what a loving touch, you know, to, to handle my heart in that situation. It totally catches me off guard. I closed my eyes and just wrote what I was hearing. Uh, I read through it, and I heard, like you said, I am proud of you. You know, you have done the best you could with what you have. Things are going to be different from here on out. I've got you. I love you. I've got a plan for you. And your restoration is just beginning. I've been waiting for you for so long to come and ask me for help. And it wrecked me. As I'm reading through this, I'm astonished at what I'm reading. I, I, umpteen times I asked, you know, is this really true? Because if it is, this literally does change everything. It, there's, there's no religion. There's no what we now come to know or I come to know as posing, right? That takes all that off the table because there's no need for it. Um, we did, Tracy and I did a couples weekend. Um, Again, walking in this message together now and to get her to go to something like that is huge because <clears throat> she didn't want any part of it. You know, the last thing she wanted was, um, you know, to feel this pain over and over again. So we go to the couples weekend and what a magical experience. Lots of tears together, um, lots of working things out. But since that day, since the, that day we left there, we pray together every morning. 
You know, it might be five minutes, might be 20 minutes, whatever it is, but it's our time together. And it's our time to share with God together. And we have done um, a, a pretty good job of allowing God to take us out of the center of our story and putting him there. And that shift that takes place when you do that is magical. Um, my heart was, uh, was changed to the point where if this is true, and I'm walking in this now, I'm testing the waters, and it is, it's true, this is, this is real, like God feels this way about me, I have got to let other people know about this. Coming from my background, uh, you know, pretty traumatic childhood, you know, um, my dad rode with the Hells Angels, um, you know, divorced, broken family, you know, my mom, she married a, an alcoholic, there was sexual abuse, there was just all kind of traumatic things that happened in my childhood that really, you know, created a lot of rage and anger inside of me. So I had been a Christian um, since 1991, five years ago when I came to my first conference, and there was still this deep-rooted anger that, you know, would all of a sudden, you know, maybe every six months, could be a year, would just somebody would press some buttons and next thing you know, this angry person's coming out and I hate and I hated that. And, um, and God just met me here. I mean, the best way I can describe it was like D-Day. I mean, it was like the first 24 hours of being here and going through the messes on the wound and the, the poser and the battle and all these different things that um, were, were the topics. God was just dealing with me and you know in such a mighty way and you know breaking some of the the pack packs and oaths that i had made um you know from my childhood it was just uh it, it was it was so amazing i mean i really words cannot describe um how god met me in that first time that i came there's more than just becoming a beloved son there is a role as a man, as a husband, as a father that God has designed and created for us to be, that we are called to be warriors and we are called to lead our family and be kings. And the only way we can do it to, in our family is to start with us. I was trying to fix my family without walking with God. And the moment I became a beloved son, all that validation that I had seeked before didn't matter anymore because all that mattered was I want to love God and I want to walk with him. And as I started to do that, he brought me into situations in my life where I could see I was becoming a warrior for him and for his glory. I'd been in the military. I'd been in law enforcement. I know what it's like to fight. But now God was saying, now you're fighting for me. And now you're fighting for your family. And as I walked in that message and grew in that message, I could see my family start to change. And even my wife had said, I'm changing because I've seen the change in you. 
Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you were encouraged. If you would like more information about The Kindling Fire, just go to thekindlingfire.com. You know, the podcast is only one-fourth of all the cool stuff we've got going on. Uh, we have a seven-day devotional called Become a Sign and a Wonder. It's a video devotional that I send directly to your phone through Facebook Messenger. Uh, you can find out information about that at thekindlingfire.com slash wonder. Uh, also, guests that come on the show are blogging every single week that I get to deliver directly to your inbox or through Facebook Messenger. Go to the website. You can find more information there and the blog. And the last thing we have is for entrepreneurs or anybody else that is starting something. Uh, it's called the 30-Day Firestarter Challenge. Uh, there you can, you'll can you get 30-second videos for 30 days of inspirational quotes and scriptures that will really help get your fire started as you are trying to create and start something um, in your life. Thank you so much and be awesome.